Ah, yes, get your anyone but Biden 2024 merch right now at the merch store. StuDoesMerch.com is the place to go to get that. Use the code Stu10, you'll save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications. You know we're going to be doing lots of extra election coverage and debate coverage in the next few months, so do not miss out on that. Just make sure you click the bell and follow the channel. David Marcus is going to be here to break down the week's Republican debate and all the stuff going on with Trump. Joe Biden is going to cure cancer. This time he really, really means it, though, like like pinky swear. So that's that's great. And also we are going to start by doing the Trump mugshot. You'd think if he was really curing cancer, we'd spend time on that uh, and lead the show with that. But that's not actually going to happen, unfortunately. Um, the mugshot is out and weighing in at 215 pounds is Donald Trump. Uh, now, there's a lot of money bet online as to what the official weight released would be. People, it, the over-under that I saw was 260. I think his last weigh-in while he was in office was 240. Maybe put on a few since then. It's been a stressful time, stressful couple of years. Um, and uh, they, the 260 was the number. And then, and then I guess they got to just turn in the whatever weight they wanted. So they put 215. So that was kind of funny. Uh, although Daniel Negreanu, uh, the poker player, pointed this out. This is all-star uh, Vegas Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petrangelo. He also is 6'3", 215. If that physique is not the spitting image of our former POTUS, I don't know what is. Here's a picture of Alex. And no, I don't know. There's a, 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 a minor difference. I don't know if you can detect it between Alex and Donald Trump. A lot of people had a lot of fun with this. And it is, it's crazy because like, this is a really crazy moment in our society. We have a country who is currently in the midst of arresting multiple times the leading candidate of one party. And everyone's just like kind of having fun with it. It's a little... It's a little strange, but I think we're going to have to get serious eventually. Let's uh, hold that off as long as possible. Trump's mugshot uh, made public by Fulton County Jail after arrest. And here is the, the famous uh, mugshot, the biggest, you know, probably the most famous mugshot in American history. And it was famous enough for Donald Trump to return to Twitter or X, as it's now called. God, I hate. I mean, I literally cannot describe how much I hate having to stop and say, and I was it's currently called X.com. But there you go. Thanks for that one, Elon. He wrote Mugshot, August 24th, 2023. Election interference. Never surrender. DonaldJTrump.com. I will say it was a little odd to put never surrender below your picture of surrendering to authorities. But I think we all understand what he means on that one. Um, of course, right away, the mugs came out. Everything, you know, we're t look, we're, we're hawking Biden merch here ourselves. You know Trump's going to be selling merch of his uh, mugshot. Now, it's interesting, Donald J. Trump uh, and his uh, son, Donald Trump Jr., have all sorts of stuff all over their sites. Uh, free Trump, wanted 2024 for four more years. Uh, Donald Trump mugshot and merchandise on sale to fund the legal fees. I think, this, look, anything he can be doing to pay for legal fees is a good idea, not just for himself, but for the other co-conspirators. Really, really important. Also, you'll see a lot of stuff that's not even the real mugshot. There's some stuff with the real mugshot, some stuff without the real mugshot. Get your authentic mugshot merch uh, if you're going to go to one of these sites and buy it, right? you got to have the real one. You don't have one that's not a real mugshot. doesn't make any sense. Although, if it is on a mug, technically, it is a mugshot. Um, it's interesting the philosophy behind the face Donald Trump made. It made the in kind of intimidating, I'm pissed off face. I think that was the right vibe probably for the photo in this particular situation. Though I always like Tom DeLay's approach. If you remember Tom DeLay from years ago, a former Texas politician, 
Uh, he just went in there and just smiled like it was the best day of his life. The first day at school. He was just like, hey, it's me. I'm here. I'm in the fourth grade. Just big, fat smile on his face. And, you know, it was hard to scare people in political ads with that photo. It's just like, oh, he actually looks really, really happy. And you can't really scare him with that. You just don't want to go full Nick Nolte. And that is never a good idea. Probably the roughest. There's something about the hair and combination with the Hawaiian shirt, which makes that one an all-time classic. Uh, of course, this was uh, the Trump mugshot went viral right away. It's going to be one of the most shared images of all time. And the memes were, were crazy. You had the Nickelback, look at this photograph with the Donald Trump. You had them unveiling the presidential portrait with the mugshot. You had the comparison between Donald Trump and Ang- uh, was it Angry Cat. You had uh, the Trump meme with a very feminine-looking Elliot Page. I don't know. Was he... Was he was, was Elliot Page co-opting the culture of women in this particular movie or show, whatever it was? Liberals wearing a Trump mugshot shirt and conservatives also wearing a Trump mugshot shirt. Yes, we are sharing this one. Everyone's celebrating it for their own reasons. It's a little bit different. You have um, Trump from uh, I Think You Should Leave. I don't even want to be around anymore. Uh, yeah, I can understand that a little bit. Uh, of course, Trump wearing his fedora with safari flaps in the back and I assume dice in the pocket. Uh, then you have uh, Trump posted this one. With everyone from the John Wick movie poster with every gun and pointed at him, we stand united with Trump, never surrender, and all of the people who are coming after him, the DOJ, globalists, indictment, Democrats, uh, Soros, FBI, fake news, communists, I mean, everything's in there, pointed at Donald Trump. And then another one he released, wanted for president. Yes, that's the way this went. Of course, CNN had to take it in the creepiest way possible, because that's kind of what CNN does. And look, I get you got to talk about the mugshot. I, I like, you know, you gotta, all you can do at this point is we all knew it was coming. The mugshot is, is, a, is a separate thing in some way from the actual legal situation we're talking about and have spent so much time on over the past few months. Uh, now, of course, Georgia didn't have to release the mugshot. This was obviously a, a punitive matter. Uh, the Georgia law, I think from my understanding, is that it's basically like we got to have a mugshot Unless, of course, uh, we have a recent picture of you. And I don't know if you know this, but there are many recent pictures of Donald Trump. You can find them out there. They do exist. So they did not have to do this at all with the mugshot. They decided to do it anyway to try to make a spectacle out of this. And this is what the entire thing has really been so far. Uh, This article from CNN is really good, though. Um, Presidential mugshot of inmate number P0113 5809 is stark in its simplicity. Well, it is simple. It's just a picture of a guy that you've seen a million times. So it's really not all that complicated, uh, but CNN wanted to make it as complicated as possible. Let me just give you some excerpts from this because it's so ridiculous. Inmate number P0113 5809 stares out of the booking photo, his face like stone. It's impossible to know what Trump is feeling, but the image taken after his motorcade drove into Fulton County Jail does not radiate his trademark bravado. His eyes bore into you, and the seal of the Fulton County Sheriff's Office in a top corner is a reminder that Trump, for all his former power, is beholden to a process where he cannot control his own fate. Trump's mugshot stark in its simplicity in a way that must surely grate for an ex-reality star for whom images everything. Now, look, say all you want about Trump and his mugshot. This is the image he wanted to portray. He didn't go in there and like, I don't know, what face should I make? This is something he knew about, probably he's been thinking about for the past year. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He decided to come up with a kind of a, 
a, uh, I don't know what you call it, an angry scowl or a determined scowl, whatever you want to say. He knew what he was doing. Um, in some ways, the mugshot represents the inevitable culmination of a life that has stretched and buckled the constraints around the presidency and frequently strained the law. For a man who built his legend through paparazzi snaps in New York gossip columns and who prizes Time magazines bearing his face, the Georgia mugshot, for all its indignity, represents yet another new frontier for notoriety. What is this? It's like a book report written by a, a high school student um, for all those who reviled Trump for his autocratic instincts, demagoguery, vulgarity, and self-obsession. The mugshot may offer feelings of vindication for the millions of Trump supporters who believe he is a victim of persecution. It will enshrine his status as a living political martyr on which is billed to regain the White House's rooted on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Photos of those who served as president, often choreographed by administration, spin masters for propaganda purposes, come to define eras. Even though he's no longer in office, Trump's mugshot will now enter the historic record of the select band of those who called the White House home. Yeah, either that's just a freaking picture. One of the two, I don't know. It really is ridiculous. Let me show you... I mean, let's look into what this actually means for a second here, because I do want to make sure that we are aware what we're getting ourselves into, what we're facing and what the path to success is here on the on the Republican side uh, of the ticket, because it's not going to be easy for really anybody. I mean, it's, it's funny because you look at Joe Biden, his record is so bad and he's such a dolt. You think this is going to be easy for really anybody. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be probably really, really difficult for any candidate to win. You're always going to be against the, the media. You're always going to have those headwinds. But Donald Trump's path here might be uniquely difficult. Now, look, Donald Trump's unique. So you need a unique person to win a uniquely difficult race. I think he won a uniquely difficult race in the primary in 2016. The general, eh, I'm not that all. I mean, you know, the general was a nice win, obviously. But beating Hillary Clinton is not exactly the most difficult thing the man has ever accomplished. That primary field, though, was pretty good. It was a tough win. And it was the fact that he knocked off all those people was pretty freaking impressive. It's probably one of the most impressive political feats I've ever seen, honestly, uh, winning that primary. The general, I mean, look, it's Hillary Clinton. I'm not Hillary Clinton is a pretty good uh, message against her. So I wanted to get a picture of what do people think of? when they think of these charges so far. Now, we haven't seen all the evidence. We haven't seen these trials go on. People are only taking their perceptions right now, and we're still 15, 15 months away from this election. So all these perceptions can change. But let's take a, a snapshot of where we are right now. Politico has a poll out. Uh, this is uh, out today. And the question is, do you believe that Trump is guilty? And it's interesting to see the results, because I think if you only listening to conservative media, you have a pretty clear opinion uh, as, as to you know, what, how you feel and probably how the host you're listening to feel, which is uh, he's not guilty. And of course, that's reflected among Republicans. It's 64 to 14. They say, no, he's not guilty. Among Democrats, as you'd expect, it's the opposite, but much more uh, stark. 88 to 2 on the Democratic side. So stop right there for a second before we go on, because what you have here is a situation that's difficult right off the bat. You figure Republicans and Democrats are going to cancel each other out. Well, they don't quite cancel each other out here. 88 to 2 for Democrats. They say Trump is guilty, 88 to 2. And yes, Republicans say he's innocent, but that's 64-14. That's a 
difference. 64 to 88 is a pretty big split uh, from, on partisan grounds. But where you really run into trouble, of course, is when you get to independence. And that's what this, this right now we're looking at. 53% of independents say he's guilty. 20% of independents say he is not guilty. And 27% don't know. Now, look, there's room for that to change, as you say. By the way, the overall was 51-26 uh, think he's guilty. Um, look, there's a lot of room to change that. A lot of people who are undecided. It's not the end of the world. These polls aren't the end of the world. But they do show something that I think we need to make sure that we're keeping ourselves aware of here. Independents so far look at this not as this giant tilted process where Trump is being rolled over. They look at this as overwhelmingly uh, that he actually did do something wrong here. They may very well be wrong on that and not really uh, understanding the persecution that's going on. I mean, you can make that argument pretty clearly, but right now that's what they feel. Donald Trump is gonna have to figure out a way to get over that hump. It's not just gonna happen for him. The media is not gonna hand him, oh, well, here's a victory. They're not gonna do that. He's gonna have to figure out a way to prove his innocence on these things. And a lot of that's gonna be, I think, winning these cases, maybe getting some of them dismissed, maybe some of them go away, uh, or he's just victorious. Next up, If he is convicted, what should happen to him? Uh, 50% say he should go to jail. Man, I don't think people have thought that one out. Probation, 16%. 12% say he should pay a financial penalty only. 18% say he should pay no penalty at all. This is even if he's convicted. Um, And of course, you know, split on party lines. But let's just skip to independence on this one. 51% say imprisonment. Looks like the overall polling for independence kind of in the middle on that. And let me just pause on the imprisonment thing for a second. Have you thought that one out? That one is, uh, I feel like we're in completely uncharted territory as a country if he goes to jail. I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, You know, look, I know that's maybe not such a controversial statement among uh, an audience that's generally speaking conservative and probably are mostly defenders of Donald Trump or at least didn't think, don't think he should go to prison uh, because he's maybe not guilty or didn't rise. This doesn't rise to the level of that type of punishment. But we also are the same people, I think, that recognize that, look, Donald Trump is being targeted. He's being targeted by four different uh, indictments from three different agencies, not to mention a really expensive potential civil trial and 91 charges. This is serious. It's entirely possible this ends with this guy going to prison. And what happens if that goes on? I mean, uh, look, people are going to be pissed. I don't know what you're seeing. It could be riots in the streets. God only knows what could be going on if they try to put this guy actually in prison. And I think it's a realistic possibility. It's a scary possibility, too. And it's a scary possibility because you look at the way the media covers this stuff. People have almost no idea what's going on with these cases. This is all general perception. And if you want to come up with a negative case on Donald Trump here going forward and his chances in the general election, and as I I said over and over again, I think his road is tough to the general election, but I do think it's possible that he can beat Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a very weak candidate, but it is a very, very difficult road because he's going to have to overcome so many different things. One of the clear things would be if people are really following the factual Um, parts of this trial. We've talked to you about the weaknesses in each one of these cases. Some are weaker than others. There's a vast diversion between these cases. Some are, I mean, the New York one is probably the absolute weakest. It's almost entirely a political uh, indictment. 
you look at something like Florida with the documents. Now, I've said over and over again, I don't care if he stored, stored documents. I mean, it's not really that interesting to me. It doesn't mean he shouldn't be president if he you know, stored documents that he should have probably given back to the archives. Like, that's a paperwork error uh, or even a paperwork slight. He thought he should keep the documents. Other people thought he should have given them back. Whatever. Like, I'm not making my presidential decision based on where documents are stored. I'm sorry I'm not doing it. But the case there legally is probably pretty strong, especially what he, how he handled the aftermath, which is sort of a, an unforced error. He gave himself, you know, lots and lots of extra problems he didn't need. But my point here to set that all up is there are four different cases with four different sets of charges with four different levels of uh, of of solid evidence, right? Like some of it's no evidence, some of it there, there's good evidence, but there's a real difference between these four. But look at this polling. Uh, do you believe Trump is guilty of the alleged crimes in the sensitive document case? Yes, 52%. Falsifying business records case? Yes, 48%. Federal 2020 election subversion case? Yes, 51%. Georgia election subversion case? Yes, 51 The range is 52 to 48. 52 to 48 there's almost no range. They're judging all of these cases based on their predetermined opinion about Donald Trump. They're not analyzing these cases at all. They're not even all the stuff that you know about these cases. They don't know. You're out on a limb on your own out there, America. You're watching this show. You're watching The Blaze. You're hanging out and reading, you know, conservative blogs and you're reading all these stories. You're probably reading some of the documents from the court cases. When you're going through it, you know a thousand times more than almost everyone else. No one's making any decisions at all based on the facts. They are making decisions based on how they feel about Donald Trump. And that is the risk going into an election with Donald Trump as your candidate. It, it is. Because if you want this race to be about Joe Biden, it's not going to be if Donald Trump is the, no is the nominee. And now, look, the media will do everything they can to ignore Joe Biden's problems if Ron DeSantis is the nominee or Nikki Haley's the nominee or Tim Scott's the nominee or whoever. Doug Burgum, Bergamentum might just rise up any moment. I expect Doug Burgum to take the lead. But until he does, it doesn't matter what candidate you throw out there. There is just such an ingrained situation with Donald Trump. And it is so ridiculous at times. The left is absolutely hates his guts. The right, many people on the right absolutely love him. The question is what happens with these people in the middle that will make this determination? You know, one of the reasons, you know, DeSantis has tried to make this argument about electability and say, hey, look, I can win. Basically, I can do as well as Trump or better and I can win this election. And other candidates are sort of making that same type of pitch. Donald Trump's gonna be a problem in the general election. And that's a smart approach if you're going to uh, be one of the other candidates. Because what else are you going to do? I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy is saying that Donald Trump's the best president of his lifetime. Like, well, I don't even know what argument you make if you're going to say that. Why not just have Trump? Well, the only thing to make, if you're going to, the only argument to make there is to say, well, I'm electable and he's not. But that's, that's pushed back against when you see the polling when you're talking about general elections, basically Biden and Trump are tied. It's like 43, 42. Anything can happen in a race like that, right? The problem is the soft support here is limited. But I will tell you, looking at the backgrounds of some of these polls, it looks to me like it's going to break toward Biden. Um, now, you know, look, you don't know for sure. But 43% Democrats, they're never going to vote for Trump. 42% Republicans, never going to vote for Biden. Those people in the middle, what do they think? Let's look at some of this. The justice, and this is, this is the, just on the legal part of this, uh, 
uh, I mean, I think shocking to a lot of people who mostly consume conservative media because we talk about the DOJ or the deep state or how they're coming after uh, Donald Trump. And I think a lot of these criticisms are valid and they're things that we need to talk about, but we also need to realize how other people are seeing them. And here's the question. Is the Justice Department being fair, according to uh, 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 voters? Republicans say, no, of course it's not being fair. And they say it's 74 to 23. Now, again, you see the reverse with Democrats, as you'd expect. However, once again, you see the Democrats split even wider, 89 to 9. So those two things don't equal each other out. The Democrats are usually more represented in registered voting nationwide. So you're going to see... Uh, and of course, they've got a bigger lead. 89% of Democrats say, uh, yeah, it's, they're being fair. Only 74% of Republicans. So there's a split there. But you can make that up under, uh, among independents. You can always do that if the independents agree with you. The problem here is that independents 64 to 32 say the DOJ is being fair. Now, that's, I think, surprising to a lot of people on the right because you constantly are ta- we're, we're talking about these things. And I think they're important to talk about. But it's also important to understand that the people, a lot of people aren't following this that closely. And they see the Department of Justice as, generally speaking, when people are saying they didn't commit crimes, eh, they probably did. And if he gets convicted, it's going to be hard to move these numbers the other way. And again, do you think they're going 0 for 91 here? Do you think they are? By the way, the overall poll was 59 to 37 uh, agree that it, it is they are being uh, fair. So that's the state of where we are right now in the polling. Again, it's a snapshot. All this can change. I'm not trying to get you too worried about this, but I think it's just something we should be aware of as we go forward and we look to make our decisions here in the next few months. What's the right way to go here? You know, you might say, hey, this at least Donald Trump is, is used to the fire and he's this is going to be unprecedented how much fire whatever candidate is out there is going to take and he's the man for the job. You might say, hey, look, look at these numbers. There's an uphill battle. We need to find somebody else. We're going to have plenty of time to look through this, and uh, the debate really started that process this week. We're going to talk to David Marcus about how that looked and the Trump indictment as well. Coming up next. Let me tell you about Grip 6. They make totally customizable belts that you're going to love. We're talking about laser etched designs, logos, flags, lots, uh, whatever you want on the buckle. You can get them in carbon fiber as well, so you don't have to take it off at the airport, which is really, really nice. They're totally minimalist. They don't jut out from your shirt. Grip 6 has an amazing selection of comfortable socks and wallets to choose from, as, as well as uh, you know a new belt, whatever you want, really. And Grip 6 is great because They're a great small company in Utah. They sell all over the place. I mean, people want their stuff everywhere in the world. But they took a line. They said, we could make more money. You know, we could could lower uh, our our cost here and import stuff from all over the country. Or we can do it the hard way. And we can make everything here in America. And we can make everything with the highest quality possible. And we can do this the way that everyone says they want it done, but nobody does. Grip6 said, you know what? We're going to actually do it that way. Grip6.com slash dude. Go there. Check it out. Check out the stuff. See if you like it. I think you're really going to love the, I mean, I know that I wear the socks all the time. The wallets are really, really cool. The belts are great too. Uh, just give it a shot. Grip6.com slash do. Use the code stew and save 15%. It's grip6.com slash do. Grip, the number six, dot com slash do. Use the code stew and get 15% off now. It's grip6. 
I'm joined now by David Marcus. He's a columnist and author of Charade, The COVID Lies That Crushed a Nation, where you can pick up wherever you get your books. And of course, David also appears with me a lot of times on Megyn Kelly, uh, which we have another appearance coming up on Monday on her show. David, thanks so much for coming on the program, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Have you done Megyn Kelly a long time? Do you go back a long way with her? I, I don't, actually, though it's funny. The very first time I was ever really on TV, I used to be an actor, but the very first time I was ever on TV as a sort of political type person was in 2015, and she was doing this kind of like town hall back when she was at Fox. And um, no, I've, I've, I've met her since and know her just a little bit. We're both Morrissey fans, but... Um, you know, she cuts She cuts an impressive figure, man. Yeah, yeah, she does. And uh, it's a great time going on with you and talking with Megan. We get to do it every so often, and I think we're going to yeah. do it again Monday. So tune into that if you would. I wanted to have you on to give a little preview to that because we had the debate this week, David. And uh, it was, I mean, I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, Trump not there, obviously, gives you a big asterisk on the whole evening. Um, but uh, what did you take from it? What was your sort of 50,000-foot view? Uh, I, I took the view that DeSantis had the best night. I, I think Haley actually probably advanced her cause the most, but I, I don't know how realistic her cause is. I thought DeSantis did what he needed to do, mainly because he was the only guy I looked at on that stage and I could sort of imagine as president. And, and I, I thought that voters probably felt that way as well. Uh, but you're right. Uh, without Trump there, it's a little hard to tell. And I'm sure we'll get into this on Monday. But there's a big question, mark as to is we have another one of these next month. Can Is Trump going to sit another one out? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him there, you know, not only just for, you know, for the country, but also just like you want to see you want to this is our time to figure out who the next you know candidate should be. I'd like to have everybody in the same room who has a chance at it. You know, it was interesting. The media reaction to the debate on DeSantis was that he was a flop. He wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. He was a total disaster. And then every poll that has come out since had him number one or number two as far as who won the debate. The disconnect is real, isn't it, David? It, it is. And again, it's because if you're a, um, a TV executive or you're even a sort of uh, a Twitter political warrior, right, keyboard warrior, you're looking for big, edgy moments. You're looking for the, the you know, jaw dropping events. That's not really, I think, how most voters watch debates. They're they're actually looking for someone who can competently lead the country. So, yeah, I, I think that there is a disconnect there. What did you think of Vivek Ramaswamy? I find him to be one of the most uh, polarizing uh, people. Like, I, I, I don't know if I've seen for a while among a conservative audience so many people that are split either love him or hate him. I mean, you know, Trump, obviously that relationship exists, but at this point it's, you know, 90% love on the right and, eight, and 10% hate. It's like 50-50, I feel like, with Vivek right now. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wasn't terribly impressed with his performance. Now, I think he may have been caught a little off guard by being the target of everybody's fire. I mean, nobody even touched a sense like Pence and Christie and Haley. They were all going after Vivek. And, and on the one hand, optically, that makes you look like you're pretty important. On the other hand, some of those jabs stung. Um, so, and look, I don't know, maybe I'm just an old Gen X, or there were times when he came off a little bit like a petulant millennial to me, I, but, but I'm old. I apologize if that's wrong. We're in the same age range here, Dave. I, I, you know, I, I definitely can feel that a little bit. There's a little bit of that energy. And I like Vivek. He's been on the show before, but there, th- th- he seemed like maybe a couple too many Red Bulls, like before he went on stage. There was something going on there. Um, You mentioned Haley. The Haley-Pence thing I thought was interesting because they both went after Vivek. They both have, you know, pretty similar positions on the the policy side. 
And they were both very aggressive. They, you know, uh, Tim Scott is in that group, too, who you know, really sat back and didn't do too much. What do you make of that sort of, I don't know, maybe call it like the, the old school Republican sort of vibe? Can that, can that view win in today's Republican Party? No. No. I mean, it, it, it can't. It, it, it potentially can influence um, decision making. It can, it, you know, there's still think tanks, there's still big donors, there's still, you know, you can work on some stuff around the edges. But if, if, if you're a candidate who's not dealing with the, the core new right issues of, you know, the border and fighting the culture war and getting a handle on foreign policy, um, you're, you're just too out of step with the voters to win the nomination. Yeah, it, it, it feels like, especially like watching, I mean, the back and forth was Again, interesting, I think, in that you kind of saw that old school, especially on foreign policy, that mm-hmm. that piece of it w- go back and forth between these guys. But you just feel like the energy right now is so much on the you know the anti-Ukraine war type of uh, feel. Like that, it did feel like uh, you know you're watching 2012 Mitt Romney at times trying to make these arguments, and it just doesn't feel like it connects right now. No, I think that's right, and I think in general Trump has handled the Ukraine question the right way, um, basically saying that he's going to hold the feet of both sides to the fire. Right? I mean, he's he's not one of these conservatives who's decided that they hate Zelensky and he's a scam artist, and you know maybe Putin's not so bad, um, but he's also not willing to just give Zelensky endless bags of money till the end of time. So I think that's a position that's the position that'll resonate with Republican voters. I expect it'll be DeSantis's position as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, Pence and Haley can keep talking about the Cold War all they want. The situation's a little different. Well, we uh, we don't have enough time to get into all of my Doug Burgum analysis today. We're going to have to hold that for Megyn Kelly on, on Monday. Um, but uh, let's go over to the Trump thing, because today, you know, yesterday we have the he decides to turn himself in yesterday. He has the mugshot. I mean, watching the media reaction to the mugshot was just I, on both sides. I think it was kind of crazy. Like on the left, you have this just giddiness that they finally got a picture of this guy, uh, you know, being held responsible for his crimes and then getting all upset at the face he made. It was really just bizarre. Yeah. And obviously both sides think that they won the moment. Right. I mean, the left thinks like, oh, we finally got him. The right thinks, oh, well, this is a rope dope because actually, you, you know, we love the mugshot. We're going to wear it on T-shirts. So, um Yeah, look, this is surreal. And I'm kind of worried that like nobody, maybe myself included, really understands or or, or has had it sink in how serious this is. I mean, it's very unlikely that Donald Trump is going to beat 91 charges. So, I mean, what's going to happen if he gets convicted? What's going to happen if they try to put him in jail or even house arrest? Um, I'm, I'm very concerned about the direction all of this is going, you know, all of the sort of funny stuff aside. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. Obviously, if you're Trump, you try to take advantage of this moment. It's the it's the hand that you're dealt. I get that, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. Like you look at this and you say, you know, we've talked about the power of the deep state. Trump has talked about it a lot. If they are powerful, they're not going to go 0 for 91 here. Like that's not really an outcome that's possible if we if if we've analyzed this correctly over the past couple of years. And if he does uh, go to prison or you know house arrest or any of these things. I do wonder what the hell happens to the country, David, because I got, you know, voting is, is, is one thing we all and we could talk about election consequences from this. And I want to here in a second. But like, what does the world look like when the president that half the country seems to want to be the president of the United States, when that guy is behind bars? 
I mean, it, it certainly doesn't look like the country that I grew up in. I mean, I, you know, I, I was born right around the time that that Ford pardoned Nixon. Right. And, and part of the idea there was you know, doing this kind of thing will destroy us. We, and, and, and I think that's part of why, like, people's attitude is sort of like, well, something will happen. Something will intervene here. It's really, this, this is crazy. It can't really occur, but this snowball is moving down the hill, man. And I'm, I'm not sure who gets in front of it. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the political ramifications of this for a minute, because I think, you know, this stuff, I talk to people all the time. I'm sure you as well, who are on the right, they're looking at these candidates. They might not even like love Donald Trump, but when this stuff happens, if you're on the right, a lot of people are just like, I just, I'm sorry he's being targeted. I want to vote for this guy more than ever. A lot of people feel that way. Um, but this may help him, you know, in the primary. But what, what happens in the general? Can he win the general? Will this help him in the general in some way? Or is this going to be a really, really narrow uh, path to victory? He can absolutely win the general. I mean, so could Joe Biden. Uh, and yes, it, it, it's going to be a, a narrow path to victory, whatever happens. You're right. I mean, this this clearly, to the extent that it helps him, it's going to help him more in the primary than it would in a general. He, he got a significant bounce off the first indictment um, up to about 52 percent. He's at about 55 percent right now. What Trump what Trump's team really wants to create here is an air of inevitability. You, you're, you're seeing these pieces now, like it's time for everybody to drop out. It's time for all of us to get. Th that's not going to happen um, because his lead is not that dominant, but it could get there. I mean, if he gets to 65, 70 percent, um, then maybe you start having those conversations. I don't know that this indictment gets him there. We'll have to see. He maybe had the bump already from these indictments, and it's sort of leveled off since that first one. You know, I, I think you look at Iowa, too, and uh, polls after this first debate look like it's about a 20-point lead for him in Iowa, which is a really good lead. I mean, there's no question he's the front runner, but that's not an insurmountable situation. I mean, we've seen candidates like Howard Dean blow leads like that in weeks. Um, so uh, this is, I think, competitive. He doesn't seem to be really going... Uh, to Iowa, it doesn't seem to be a huge focus of the Trump uh, campaign. And they, he seems to be running, you know, the, the, the national campaign you'd almost expect out of a front runner like him and a former president. Um, do you think when we get to the end of this, that, you know, independents can look past all this stuff and say, hey, uh, Donald Trump is the guy? And do you think that one of these other candidates has a better chance of knocking off Biden? I don't know. I, I actually I, I'm not sure that if one of these other candidates were to knock off Trump, that Biden would be the nominee. Um, mm. My my sense is that there are a lot of Democrats who would like to see somebody else at the top of the Democrat ticket. But if they're going to make that move, um, I think they're going to want to see how the you know, how the Republican nomination falls out first. I'll be honest, man. I, I don't know. I know. I, I don't think the mugshot helps them with independence. I don't think it's irrevocable because I think independents care more about gas prices and inflation and, and you know, their kids education. Uh, but no, I, I don't think there are a lot of independents who are looking at, at this mugshot and going, that's really badass. I need to vote for him. Right. Uh, last thing for you here. Uh, they have the um, the truck, the Trump Tucker interview. And people are throwing out that it got, you know, 300 million views and. And all of this. And it's like, 
It seems to me so overtly obvious it didn't get that many views. I like Tucker. It, I, you know, I'm sure it was. I didn't see all the interview. I saw a couple of clips from it. You know, it, it wasn't a big news-breaking interview, but you know, the president of the United States, uh, most famous person in the world. You can see how a lot of people would watch it. But the 300 million is just a BS internet metric, isn't it? It's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, it's absolute nonsense. Listen, listen. If 300 million people had actually watched this interview on X, if it was the most watched interview in the history of people being on video, Elon Musk would be talking about nothing else right now, right? He's not going to say that. Tucker's not going to say it because it's demonstrably not true. Now, they're going to let other people run around and say it, and I don't blame them because they, they like any media enterprise, you want to look as successful uh, as possible. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I love Tucker. I've been on his show many times. I interviewed him for my book. I think he's a deeply important conservative figure. But yeah, I, I do wish that, that that people weren't being sort of gaslit in this way, because obviously this interview didn't get twice the viewership of the Super Bowl. And, and we also know that because the people would be, I mean, you wouldn't be able to go to 7-Eleven. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't be able to call your brother without like, oh my goodness, did you see? And obviously that's not happening. So yeah, it, it would be nice if, if Elon could put in some metrics that were at least reliable so we could see what was going on. It's up to him, I guess. But uh, David Marcus, be sure to check out his book, Charade, The COVID Lies That Crushed a Na- Nation. It's available everywhere. And I'm going to be joining him uh, on uh, Megyn Kelly's show. That comes on, uh, on uh, Monday. David, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks, man. Looking forward to Monday. If you've ever bought or sold a house in your life, you know the process can be overwhelming. On the selling end, uh, you got to figure out what you got to do. I mean, you need to get the deck repaired. Do you replace the carpets? How about the roof? Is that worth doing right now? Uh, do you paint the interiors? Do you paint the exteriors? Don't do it in like bright pink or fuchsia or something. That's a bad move. At least I've heard that from some real estate agents. And what about on the other side? Uh, maybe you think you don't you want to go to the right school district. Are you going? Is this going to be you know the type of decision you're going to regret for the le- rest of your life? You need a real estate agent that you can trust. And there's one place to go to find that person in your area, no matter where you are. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a company our own, Glenn Beck, founded years ago, and can help you sort out a process that's almost impossible to sort out on your own. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the best agent in your area, whether you're buying or selling a home. Get the best price on either side of that transaction. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The worst thing in the world is, of course, paper straws. And uh, we all know that. We've all been to restaurants, and it's 100% true that it is just absolutely the worst thing in the universe. They just just disintegrate in your mouth the second you start drinking out of them. And now we're finding out they actually don't do anything either. A new paper says, straws are canceled. Scientists say eco-friendly utensils contain uh, potentially toxic chemicals and are just as bad for the environment as the plastic versions. I am really stunned. I mean, I'm uh, mouth open, gaping here right now. Uh, Shockingly, uh, yes, these are absolutely horrible to utilize and also probably going to give you cancer. And of course, if you tell everyone they have to use uh, paper straws and those straws are going to give everybody cancer, you got to launch a new cancer moonshot. And Biden has decided to do that. He's announced a moonshot initiative using advanced research to fight against cancer. I think they're spending $27 million, which seems like um, a number that's smaller than what we sent to Ukraine, if I can remember right. I think curing cancer might be at least equal on the priority list, Uh, but it is uh, not. Now, of course, Joe Biden, as he was running for president, promised uh, that he would cure cancer while in office. In fact, just the other day, he said he had cured cancer as we know it. 
Um, that kind of didn't work out through the fact-checking process at all, but we do luckily you know, have updated information. We keep this updated all the time on the website, hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. And if you check now, oh no, the answer is no, he is not. Now, cancer still exists as of Friday, August 25th, 2023. And uh, that's really sad. Um, but um, so far, Jolton Joe, with all of his intellect, has not quite been able to cure cancer yet. What would it be like if all of a sudden global medication supply chains broke down? What if they disappeared right before our eyes? What if you had a bacterial infection or something uh, you know, that you were trying to deal with and you didn't have any antibiotics to deal with them? Well, that's where the Jace case comes in uh, to play. Jace case, of course, from Jace Medical. This is a case of five different courses of antibiotics, and you can use them to you know, treat a long list of illnesses, you know, something like sinusitis or a skin infection. A whole lot more. Uh, it's a great way to be ready for shortages and it's perfect for traveling. So don't get caught unprepared. You know, look, we've seen uh, these, uh, these supply chains break down over and over and over and over again. This is something that I, I felt like was in our past, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. It's very much now very present. And uh, if you use the code STU at checkout, jasemedical.com, you can save. Um, and why not do that? JaceMedical.com. Get the Jace case. Talk to them about their yearly supply of medications as well. It's a great group of people doing great things. Life-saving medications from Jace Medical. Jace case from Jace Medical. Alice Cooper says transgenderism has reached the point of absurdity where it endangers women, children, and uh, who, who knows how many other groups. Uh, Cooper warned that predatory men are going to take advantage of transgender policies to access women's spaces. Somebody's going to get raped, he said. Uh, so a little a dark interview, uh, certainly. Uh, but uh, the thing is, Alex Co Alice Cooper's kind of already been canceled for this, so I don't think he can get recanceled for it. Uh, he doesn't care. He's been around a long time, and he's just going to say whatever he wants to. So that's, uh, that's great. Now, Carlos Santana has not had to deal with that yet, and now he's apologizing for his anti-trans comments. Uh, when God made you and me, before we came out of the womb, you know who we are and what you are. Later on when you grow up, you see things and you start believing that you could be something that sounds good, but you know ain't right because a woman is a woman is a man and a man is a man. Whatever you want to do in the closet, that's your business. I'm okay with that. Uh, now, of course, later on, he said he was sorry for his insensitive comments. He had to back off because obviously men and men, women are women. That's a crazy comment to, to make. Um, he says, they don't reflect. I want to honor and respect all persons, ideals and beliefs. I realize what I said hurt people and it was not my intent. Oh, God, these, this fold for everything. They're constantly apologizing every 10 seconds for everything they've done wrong. If you want to go and apologize for something and you're Carlos Santana, the correct thing to apologize for is smooth uh, with Rob Thomas. And I was on the radio uh, doing music stuff when that came out and I had to play it every 10 seconds for years. It was, I was on our constant playlist over and over and over again. You want to apologize for something, apologize for that. Oh, God, shut up! Oh, God, I'm having flashbacks from my days back in radio. Okay, here we go. Biden, 24, anyone but him, right? I mean, we went through this debate process 
all week, and there are a lot of candidates. Some of them I didn't really agree with on everything. Some of them I did agree on a lot of stuff. Bottom line is, not this guy again. Not No more. We can't have any more. Please, anyone but Biden. 2024. Got the mugs as well. I think you'll like those. They look, they look kind of like Biden merch, and people will come up and be like, oh, you're a liberal too. Oh, no, you're mocking me. It's uh, StuDoesMerch.com. StuDoesMerch.com. The code is Stu10. We'll see you Monday.